0: Hello, my friends. For many people, financial stewardship isn't just about smart financial decisions. They also want to allocate their resources in a way that is consistent with their values and their religious principles. Revo Financial brings biblical wisdom to the financial planning and investment process. Whether planning for retirement or college, For a first-time home or special charitable or estate strategy, Revo Financial will come alongside you and help you define your financial goals and establish a plan to reach them. For more information or to set up a complimentary one-on-one appointment, visit RevoFinancial.com or call 918-336-7877. Revo Financial. friends and welcome to the northfield radio program with your host caleb gordon i want to say thank you to our friends at outpost coffee we are loving this fabulous fall like weather and they have the perfect hot beverages to complete your day check them out at outpostcoffeeco.com you won't regret it welcome to the northfield radio program i am caleb gordon so excited that you're here with us um, uh, this week is just really going to be a fun show. We've got Doug Wilson on the program today. Doug Wilson is a conservative, reformed, evangelical theologian. He's the pastor of Christ Church, it's a Presbyterian church in Moscow, Idaho. He's also a faculty member of New Saint Andrews College, that's also in Moscow. And they, uh, he's, he's somewhat controversial, but that's why I like him. And he holds fast to solid biblical convictions in a world that has lost its foothold on any type of rational reality. He's got a brand new book coming out called Ride Sally Ride, and we're going to discuss that book, and we're going to talk about other cultural issues that I know that he's been really engaged on. He's got a blog that is a very uh, informative blog. It's called DougWills.com, and so we'll be discussing things that uh, pertaining to that and to his new book so i just i hope this conversation is encouraging and really enlightening for you guys this week so enjoy this conversation with douglas wilson welcome to the northfield nation douglas wilson how are you doing doing great thanks for having me I'm really excited that you're here today um I, I have i've been following your stuff for several years and it's uh, it's uh, i'm honored that you're on the program today thank you so much
1: well,
0: you're welcome. It's good to be with you. Yes, sir. So I wanted to uh, just you're, just give us a, for folks that don't know who Douglas Wilson is here in Oklahoma, because we're in Oklahoma and Kansas, um, just give us a 30,000-foot view of Doug Wilson, then we'll jump into some other stuff.
1: Okay. I'm, a, I'm the pastor of Christ Church in Northern Idaho. Um, Idaho has a panhandle, <laughs> and so we're up in the panhandle up, up north. And um, I've been the pastor here for more than 40 years, uh, pastoring within church, and I do a lot of writing. I blog regularly, I've uh, written a number of books. So some people know me through my writing, some people uh, through the church
0: ministry here. Awesome, very cool. So let me let me ask you, what's your what's your take on what's going on in the world right now? Uh, we want I would like to like to hear your take on things. That's
1: it for. How is it that somebody let all the monkeys out of the cage? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, I think that basically all of it is um, uh, calculated uh, with the November election in view.
0: Yeah.
1: I think that uh, I think the protest, I think that the response to the uh, coronavirus, all of these things are were all Calculated to help remove Donald Trump from office. Yeah, I think a lot
0: of it's going to go, go away as soon as the elections over. <laughs> that's that. That's my hope. Anyways, I'm ready to get back to be able to go to the movies and <laughs> eating in restaurants. <laughs> yep. Um. So you've got a new book that's coming out. What What made you decide to to write this book? we talking
1: about the ride-sally ride. Ride-sally
0: ride, ride, ride. ride, that's correct.
1: Okay, um, it's a novel, and I was talking with a friend uh, up here uh, about um, the episode of Phineas in the Old Testament where there was this galvanizing moment where the Israelites were being led astray in a major way, and Phineas took a spear. There was, there was a couple that were going off to be immoral in a high-handed way. And Phineas (laughs) ran them both through. And that was sort of like a watershed moment in that rebellion. My friends and I were talking and saying, moments like that would have to happen, like in in our culture, would have to happen in like a movie or a book where you would, uh, you think you needed to say uh, without trying to orchestrate anything in real time. So that, that's what I did. I created a, a situation, a fictional situation, uh, a couple of decades in the future in the United States. The one criticism people have been giving me is that, uh, what do you mean a couple of decades? It's more a couple of months in the future. You know, yes. Yeah. Uh, where a young man crushes a, a neighbor's sex doll and is charged with first degree first murder. Because the man had identified
0: the doll as his wife. <laughs> oh my goodness! You, I mean, would you do you think if you could go back in time twenty years ago? No, you're still there. Yeah, I'm still here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, do you, do you think that if you went back in time twenty years ago to, and and told yourself, listen this is what is going to be happening. There's, I mean, this is not far from the truth that somebody would have a robot and identify as his wife or whatever you want to call it. And what would, what do you think yourself 20 years ago would have said to yourself today?
1: I think I would have said, I think you're right that this is where the logic of unbelief goes. Uh But I don't know that it's going to happen that fast. You know, I, I would have, Anticipated a lot more cultural capital than we had, but we burned
0: through it pretty. We burned through it really quick. We have, haven't we? It just it seems like one minute you think, oh, it just, there's no way it can get weirder or or crazier, and then you turn on the news the next morning and <laughs> everything goes to to pot, literally. Exactly. So exactly. you have got a documentary that that I've watched uh, called. Uh, free, free Speech Apocalypse. Where do you think we're, we are heading uh, in terms of our free speech uh, here in America? Do you think it's it's in danger?
1: Uh, yeah. So,
0: for example, that, that documentary
1: uh, directed by Jerry Doe, the friend that I was talking about that I was having the conversation with about Rye, Solid Rye, yes. he was the director of that documentary. And that documentary was available on Amazon Prime. And I just had brought to my attention a week or so ago that Amazon removed it. They removed the documentary from uh, being available on Amazon Prime. Really? kind of ironic for a documentary entitled "Free speech Apocalypse to then <laughs> to do that.
0: Yeah. And they did. Wow. Um, so you, you're, you're are you, okay, so tell me about New St. Andrews. This is a this is a college that you're a part of. Did you help found this college or are you just on staff there?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm one of the founders and I'm on the board. Okay. And I teach I volunteer to teach a few classes here and there.
0: Great, great. So they, they I, I'm not one of the I apologize. Say that again?
1: Say again. I'm not one of the regular faculty, but I do teach there, I'm on the board, and
0: I found it. Yes. Wonderful. So they they were uh, a couple of videos that they made uh, made some made some waves. Uh, one one of them had to do with a bathroom, and the other one had to do with Black Lives Matter. Talk about yeah. what happened with those two videos.
1: The first was the bathroom video, it's astonishing. That it was controversial, but it was. Uh, basically, it showed it was a thirty-second spot, not very long. No, it showed not at all. A guy and a girl, college age and girl walking into uh, a public restroom, clearly marked men and women, and uh, it said, We aren't science majors, but we know science. And then it said better than the Supreme Court does. And it shows the guy going into the guy's side and the
0: girl going into the girl side. <laughs> And, exactly,
1: controversial.
0: and you guys caught a lot of heat for that. Like there was some, like it made it national news on, and, and, and certain spots. It's just where they, they played yeah, that.
1: The, the mayor of our town felt compelled to come out and denounce our hand.
0: Just insane. not keeping
1: with Moscow's tolerant
0: values. Well, I thought, I thought liberals were, were tolerant. They're the, they're the, they're the party of tolerance. Uh, liberals are the party of total Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. And then the other one that, that I, I shared it on my Facebook page was the, the Black Lives Matter. All Black Lives Matter uh, video. And that, yeah. I caught heat for posting that on my social media from some of my yeah. woke evangelical friends. And...
1: I, yeah, because... I, I think the reason people catch heat for it is because it really is unanswerable. No. Uh, the Christians, conservative Christians, have, have accepted and bought into the uh, the idea that this is good, that uh, that we ought to um, treat everybody with equal dignity, that we're, uh, justice should be colorblind. We're not But uh, the civil rights movement has gone radically astray. It started off trying to fight racism, and it ended its sad career by embracing racism.
0: Wow. So so when I I announced on my social media that I was going to have you on the show, I had a couple of people that I'm friends with here in town reach out to me in text message and say, Wait a second. He's pro slavery. He's he's a he's a racist. Why would you have him on your radio show? And so you brought up the idea of, of race here. And I, I want to talk I want you to talk about that for a minute because there there are people that and I I, I know where you stand, but I want you to, to help us understand. Are you are you racist? Yeah, no. No. I think mean,
1: racism. Racism is a great evil, it's a sin against God. And there are two basic kinds of racism. One is um, racial uh, animus and the other is racial vainglory. So one's hostile. So a white man who hates blacks because they're black would be guilty of racial malice. Mm. And then someone else who patronizes blacks excuse me. He has a paternalistic attitude toward them. He he has adopted the white man's burden. Uh, that's that's a patronizing Vain glory,
0: racism, and I believe that God hates both of us. Yeah. Well, that that absolutely clears that up. I'm glad you. I hope that the the people yeah. that that had that concern listen to the show and understand that that's not where you stand. That you believe that all men and women have have their image bearers of God, and that absolutely we're all cousins. We're all just
1: everybody on this planet. Every person. Is descended uh, from Noah and his wife, and we're all we're all cousins. Absolutely, so, uh, that's one thing. So where the uh, the charge comes from, though, is my op- I've made an observation from time to time that in our country the va- the the massive centralization where the uh, the federal government got all the power that they currently have mm-hmm. to. Um, to impose a Roe v. Wade and a Burger Fell and things like that, was power that they acquired in principle in the aftermath of the war between the states. Yeah. So, just aside from the slavery issue, there were all sorts of constitutional issues afoot uh, in that war. And some people just, if you mention the war, and say, yeah, the, the Southerners were wrong on the institution of slavery, but that doesn't mean that they were wrong about everything. If you say that they have a point at all, then people accuse
0: you of being racist. Yep. Yep. Don't don't dare think outside the box. Just have that one issue and say that that was that's. Oh, he's racist. (laughs) Fine. Yeah. So, um, you you live there. You've been for forty years. You've been in Moscow, Idaho, and and you're you're married. I was reading your bio. You've been married forty plus years now. Forty years and, and counting.
1: Coming up on forty
0: four. Forty four! Holy smoke! Your bio is a little, a little, little off then. <laughs> how, yeah. how did you and your wife meet? I just have a fun question there. How, how did you and your wife meet?
1: So um, my wife was converted here at the University of Idaho uh, right before her senior year, and I was off in the mid. And she uh, she got a job at a at a Christian bookstore that was run by my dad. An evangelical Christian bookstore. After after she graduated, she had a job at this bookstore that my dad ran as an evangelical evangelistic corporation. Yeah. So when I got out of the Navy, when I got out of the Navy, well, I met her the year before I got out and was interested in her, corresponded with her for that last year, and then uh, came back from the Navy, and, and after my sit in the Navy, I was ready for marriage. I was ready to <laughs> And and, and uh, she was a wonderful Christian lady, and uh, I got on the Navy in August. struck my interest to her in September. We got engaged at the end of September and got married in December.
0: Oh wow! Merry Christmas!
1: We got we got married on New Year's Eve, uh, 1975. It took us a few years to figure out why on our anniversary date the restaurants were always so crowded. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a fantastic. I love it. That's I, man. That is a testimony in itself. Forty years is just. Uh, it's a testimony um, to to God's grace and God's God's favor in your life. I mean, that's just, that's, that's something you don't see in regular uh, spaces in our in our world today. So that is a testimony in and of itself. Um, so, in, in terms of what's going on in in our culture, what's the answer? Um, why is it, or how do we how do we combat um, the Marxist insanity that is is ever present? I mean, I, I watch you know different news different news things. Whether it's I have a variety of different news organizations that I watch, but it just it's clear to me that Marxism is is here, and it's not just and I, it's not just sort of kind of off in the distance. It's at the front door, ready to smash the door in. How do we as Christians combat this?
1: So here, this, there's a um, this is a uh, simple and complicated at the same time. Every evangelical Christian knows that the answer to the question you posed what's the answer. They know that the answer is Jesus is the answer. Yes. Okay, so we're all Christians, so Jesus is the answer. Christ is the answer. And in order for that to be true in any practical way, uh, we have to start talking about what Christ would say about income inequality. What would Christ say about uh, uh, drug laws? What would Christ say about uh, Marxist redistribution of wealth. What would Christ say about reparations? What you know, so in order to in in order to answer those questions, we have to become students of the whole Bible, all of Scripture. Yeah. The answers the answers are in Scripture, but you're not gonna get them from 15 minutes of Sunday school <laughs> every once a week.
0: No, that's absolutely not. If that's and if that's all you're getting, you know, 15, 20 minutes of Sunday school, and then you have a Sunday morning sermon, and that's all. That's all the scripture you're in. You're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, the sermon that the sermon that for Christian. He's <laughs> now you're starting to sound like my dad. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I just I, I see that the things that you're doing and how you're engaging culture and and what would you say to pastors um, that are that are scared to talk about these kind of topics and, and worried that if they say things about abortion or they say things about gay marriage or they say things that are you know about Black Lives Matter or things of that nature from the pulpit. How, do we, how, did, how should pastors be dealing with this?
1: Yeah, I'm going to sound a little hard
0: here for a minute. Okay. But a
1: pastor in that position needs to go before God and plead with God, ask God for a backbone. <sighs> if, he, if he gets a backbone, then he should return to the pulpit. If he doesn't get a backbone, he should leave the ministry now.
0: Amen. Amen. So that minute I love that you're you're you have very direct answers. It's not you're not you're not long-winded. I'm I'm and this is this is funny that you know I'm I'm Southern Baptist and I'm you know I'm interviewing a Presbyterian, so this you know sounds like a joke, you know, a Presbyterian and a and a Baptist walk into a bar. A a <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I love that you, um, have a heart for you, for men. You've got a, you've got a show that's on Amazon right now, Man Rampant. And, and I love that you have a heart for men. Can you speak to our guys for just a couple minutes here and just what, what do Christian men need to be doing more of? So, um, I, I just said
1: this in sermon last Sunday, um, and I think this is probably the last. it's related to what I just said about pastors. Christian men need to realize that they have never encountered any form of biblical masculinity. I'm not talking about a guy who's a jerk. I'm (laughs) talking about a guy who's a vertebrate, who's biblically masculine. If you you are biblically masculine with your kids, with your wife, at work, you are the kind of person that our society... Would label as toxic.
0: So okay. when when you say toxic, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, what the cult what our culture means is that they they say that anybody who reminds them at all of the bad old days of patriarchy is toxic. Mm. But when you look at what happens to boys who grow up without a dad, mm-hmm. they're the ones who are doing the toxic thing. It, it turns out. It's not the presence of
0: masculinity that makes them toxic. Toxic. It's the absence of masculinity that does. Absolutely. hundred percent. Well, um, I have enjoyed... I mean, man, time has flown by. I didn't realize how quick this has gone by. But, I, Doug, I, I appreciate you taking time um, to... To to talk to us and and to share your heart. How do we, if somebody's interested in what you're doing and getting books because you you are an author. How many books have you authored? Oh, uh, about a hundred probably. <laughs> so you've got a, you, you've got so, writers' cramp sometimes. <laughs> the best the best clearinghouse
1: or place to go. Excuse me. Uh, or place to go to find out what I'm up to, what I'm doing. Would be my blog, uh, Doug Wills.com. Doug so Wills blog. blog and blog and me blog, which and the address is dougwills.com. And that and if you look over that front page, landing page, you'll you'll. It's a portal to pretty much everything I'm, I'm involved in
0: or up to. Phenomenal. Yeah, i I've got it pulled up here. I'm looking at it right at this moment. Phenomenal information. Just just a well house of information. So if you're if you're looking for anything to, to, in, in terms of engaging the culture with the gospel of Jesus Christ, this would be a, be a great place to go, phenomenal place to go. Well, Doug, would you, would you dismiss us in prayer as we end our time here together? I'd be happy,
1: happy to. Our Father and God, we thank you for your kindness to us. Thank you for our kindness to our country in years past. Yes, we pray that you grant the spirit of repentance so that we might be used by you to help turn things around we pray that you would be kind to us, not because we deserve that but because
0: jesus does amen. we pray in his name amen amen and amen well doug thank you so much for being on the program happy to do it thank you yep this program has been brought to you by dsr a technology company that has been investing in bartles of the families for over 35 years dsr we deliver technology